that's the beauty of travel. You just got to get up and go. I'm not prepared to sit back and wait for the moment to be perfect. I'm just not willing to wait. Welcome to Family Travel Radio, the official podcast of the Family Travel Association. Family Travel Radio is on the air, helping you discover the world of possibilities family travel has to offer. Hey there, it's Aaron Schlein, and welcome back to Family Travel Radio. Like many parents, and especially parents who listen to this podcast, Marsh Naidu is trying to pass on her love of travel to the next generation. Marsh's seven-year-old son, Kellen, was born with cerebral palsy. Not only did that not deter Marsh from traveling the world with her son, but it also taught her some priceless lessons about the joy that comes from embracing the unexpected and facing the unknown. Marsh Naidu is my guest today, and we'd both like to remind you that March is Cerebral Palsy Awareness Month, and I put a link in the show notes at familytravel.org slash radio so you can learn more. All right, my friend, Marsh Naidu is my guest today. Are you ready? Away we go. Pleased to welcome Marsh Naidu to the program today. Marsh is a physical therapist and a mom to seven-year-old Kellen, who is diagnosed with cerebral palsy. Marsh blogs at RaisingKellen.org, and her mission is to help reduce the parental anxiety that comes with facing the unknown. Travel has always been huge for Marsh and her family. She set off backpacking through Europe after she completed her physical therapy degree in South Africa, and her wanderlust certainly did not stop there. She moved to the United States and worked as a physical therapist for 10 years, and she met her husband while visiting her parents in South Africa, and that is where they thought they would put down their roots. But Kellen had other plans. Marsh Naidu, welcome to Family Travel Radio. Aaron, thank you so much for having me, and it's an absolute pleasure to be here today, sir. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. Marsh, I got to tell you, while I was doing my research for this interview, I listened to the first episode of your podcast called Raising Kellen. I was taking a walk one morning, like I do every morning. I pushed play on that first episode of your podcast, and the episode opens up with you introducing the show, sharing some background on you and your family and your son, Kellen. And there's this sort of somber music playing in the background while you're talking. And Marsh, I'm not ashamed to tell you that I had tears running down my face within the first couple of minutes as I'm out there walking around my neighborhood. Just the love and the passion in your voice just melted me. And that music just sent me over the edge. (laughs) Oh, Aaron, I just, it was all these words and all these experiences that I, I wanted to get out. And I knew that moms and dads that faced a similar situation as mine needed to hear that for that encouragement. So thank you, sir. Thank you for validating that. Oh, sure. You're welcome. And we're here today. We're we're talking about travel, family travel, and the importance of travel, particularly on young developing minds. And Marsh, you've said that the, the importance of travel on those young developing minds is no different for kids with disabilities. So let, let's talk about that. First, give us a little background on your seven-year-old son, Kellen, and the role that travel has played in his life thus far. As you've mentioned, Kellen is seven and has cerebral palsy. The main way he gets around is with his walker, which does have a seat on it. So if he gets tired, he can take a rest break. Travel has been huge for us, Aaron. Oftentimes, when we go away on vacation, 
I see the difference in Kellen when we get back home in terms of his ability to problem solve, in terms of his ability to want to be more independent as far as doing things for himself, but more importantly, that willingness and openness to move around more. So that's been the impact of travel on Kellen. He's a very social person. He will strike up a conversation whether you would want to or or not. And uh, he just has that self-esteem and uh, confidence. And travel has been a huge part of instilling that in him. Well, let's, let's dig a little deeper because I, I really love this topic. The idea that you come home from a trip changed in some way. I feel that happens to most people, if not all people. I know it happens to me. and But the change that, that Kellen might experience is, is a unique sort of change, one that I've never really dove into before. His is a physical change in a way, or at least a desire for a physical change. So tell me, give me an example of something that may happen on the road where you can just see that change happen in him and inspire him to want to push himself physically. I have the perfect example for you. Last summer, we went to South Africa to visit family of ours. Before we went on that trip, we were actually up at St. Louis Children's Hospital, where Kellen goes for weekly intensives about two to three times a year. So we did that intensive. We, we got on a plane. We headed off to South Africa. During that intensive, the therapists that worked with him, they really were trying to encourage him to get on a pair of crutches and move around with that. But it actually wasn't until we got to South Africa and he was forced to, to negotiate around a lot of international countries. Access is not really something that you often think about unless you actually need it. So while we were traveling in South Africa, it was actually easier for him to get around on his crutches than it was with his walker. So coming back stateside, he became much more efficient with that. He was more willing to ask for his crutches instead of his walker. That was the kind of reset we saw during that trip. So let's talk about accessibility. I was going to wait till a little bit later in the interview, but since we're on the topic now, let's talk about accessibility and talk to me about the world as it is right now in terms of accessibility. From your point of view, what places currently rank high on the accessibility scale and what places need to catch up? I think the states will always take the lead because of our ADA laws that exist. Um, I'm sure Europe follows closely thereafter. Um, but in terms of traveling, look, I'm a backpacker. I mean, I've always traveled off the beaten road. I mean, I've stayed in youth hostels. Um, so, I mean, how does that work now traveling with a disability and traveling on budget? Uh, so, to be honest with you, uh, coming up this summer, I'm actually going to take Kellen with me to London. And we're going to kind of get things figured out. Traveling, for example, on the tube is something that's nagging me at the back of my mind. Staying in a hostel in London, that's kind of nagging me at the back of my mind. Most hostels are two-story with the bathroom and bedrooms upstairs. So I'm going to have to figure out access from that point of view. Transitioning in the house, 
getting in and out of the bathroom, those are points that, that we will have to consider. And I'm honestly not going to know until we actually get there. Tell me about that that mindset, that idea that you you know that there's going to have to be some accommodations made, but that you're willing to, like you said, just figure some things out when you get there. Whether parents have a special needs child or not, there's that idea that they want to know every single detail about every single moment of their trip so they can plan for it and accommodate every every possible scenario. And then there's the other side of it, people that are more like me a little bit, where I'm willing to just figure things out as we go. So tell me from your point of view, knowing that you have some very real accessibility challenges that need to be met, how do you overcome that that mindset, that that just general fear of the unknown? Well, you just got to get up and go. That's it. I mean, I'm not prepared to sit back and wait for the moment to be perfect or to have all the answers. I'm just not willing to wait. We're just going to have to figure it out on the fly. I mean, that's the beauty of travel. It creates that lateral thinking where you are able to problem solve and make a way. Our end goal or my end goal is to have him have that experience of travel and all the joy that brings, and we're just going to go for it. Well, let's let's go back in time a little bit to more your story. You're talking about all the more intrepid travel, the backpacking. Before you had kids, how did you know, or what were your goals for as far as introducing your future children to travel? Did you know that that was just going to be something that was going to be a part of your life? Or was it something that just kind of came up later? Aaron, travel is something I highly value. And it is something that I would want to pass on to my kids. I mean, if there's any legacy I could leave behind, that would be travel. I mean, travel teaches you and and broadens your mind on so many levels. In my present circumstance right now, I know I just don't have the opportunity of, as I said, sitting back, waiting, and seeing. Um, I'm not sure of what Kellen's mobility will be in later later on as he becomes a teenager or older. I'm not sure if backpacking is going to be an activity that he would be able to engage in independently. So while I can physically, I'm going to do that for my son, and I'm going to do it with him. Well, let's let's channel Kellen a little bit. If he were sitting right here with us, he's seven years old. Uh, my son is almost seven years old, and so this is especially interesting to me. If he were sitting here with us today, what would he say if I asked him the question? Tell me about your your favorite travel experience and a moment with your parents out traveling that you'll just never forget. I'm going to have to go back to South Africa and last year. I mean, um, Look, even though I was born and raised in South Africa, and that's where I went to college, I never really got a chance to go on on safari. And we did that last year with him. We went to Nambiti Private Game Reserve, which is in KwaZulu-Natal, one of the 11 provinces that are in South Africa. Now, that's where my parents actually live. But for the first time ever, we traveled to the foothills of the Drakensberg Mountain, it's pretty expensive, so we just got to stay one night, but we uh, we budgeted for that, uh, but we got to do two 
days of uh, game rides and, and Kellen actually went with us on that. So he was able to see a, a zebra, a giraffe, a hippo, all in close proximity. These are, um, you know, storybook characters that we, we reach our kids every night and for him to actually see that. I mean, that was amazing for him. So in my opinion, that that would be have been a big highlight. The other was actually going to a market in South Africa called Bangladesh. My mom goes there every Friday morning to buy her fruits and vegetables. And Kellen actually went with her. I modified, obviously, I had a, uh, a freedom carrier. That's kind of like a, a piggyback ride. Lots of stairs, so that was difficult to to transfer. So I had him on my back, but he was still able to immerse himself in the smell and the sounds of the market. Uh, he was able to get that multi-sensory experience, and that in itself was enriching. Accessibility aside, talk to me about just your encounters with locals in your travel, especially in some of these more more far-flung places. How would you describe the atmosphere as far as being welcoming towards Kellen and people with special needs in general? I am so glad you asked that question, Aaron, because I think that might possibly be something that parents who have kids with disabilities are somewhat fearful about is how will the family be received and what type of experience will their child encounter when traveling an environment that's not their typical environment. This is my point. You are not always going to get a favorable response, but you keep your head up high and you keep on walking. Yes, there were a lot of stairs, but so what? You know, we're living our best life. Honestly, in our circumstance, if there is kind of that stare going on, now that I'm uh, a veteran at this, I would actually go ahead and encourage communication. You know, just just do an icebreaker. I don't know what the right word to say, Aaron, is, but uh, they, they may often just be kind of an awkwardness. So, you know, just open up the conversation with a, hi, how are you doing? I was Kellen involved in that process at seven years old, knowing that there's going to be these conversations or these, these situations that are going to look kind of similar. You're going to, you're going to encounter these situations a lot and it could just as easily happen for him at home that he takes that proactive approach in starting a conversation or breaking the ice. What role does he play in that now? Okay, so this is a question that he, he has got asked pretty often is what's going on with your legs or why are you using a walker, whether it be at home or abroad? And Kellen will tell you, I have cerebral palsy, my legs are weak, and I need help. That's it. I mean, look, I mean, you've got to give your, your kids the skill set to know how to handle that situation, and it starts from now. There's no pretense. There's no glossing things over. I mean, you're stating your facts in a matter-of-fact way. That's that's extremely helpful, and I'll, I'll be very vulnerable in in saying that I've experienced some uncomfortable situations as a parent of children who don't have special needs, but they their reactions when they see someone in public who looks 
like something they've never quite seen before, who has a disability. Or one case that I, I'll never forget, it was one of those moments as a parent where you just cringe and you want to call up and die when we saw we saw a little person in London. And my son, who was just barely six years old at the time, like looked wide eyes and started giggling. And I didn't know what to do. And I knew he wasn't doing it out of malice or out of, out of any sort of you know meanness. He just had never seen someone who looked like that before didn't know how to react. So then I was looking at that as a teaching moment. And I, even as much as I tried to be matter of fact, it was, it was challenging. It really was challenging for me to, to communicate on his level. And that's a long winded way of asking what advice do you have for parents like me for how we can help our kids be empathetic and kind in those situations? I think as a parent, you would have to read the situation. So you see me walking down Bond Street in London, you have your little boy and I have my boy. And if he asks, dad, what's going on? And if you as a parent see me being someone that smiles to you and we kind of acknowledge each other, I would just say, you know what? I mean, just go over and let just let it go from there. So I think as a parent with a typical child, don't be afraid approaching a parent of a child that's different in the sense of their their mobility. I tell you what, we've had the best friendships and relationships that have sprung from that. I'm going to kind of go off the tangent, but I'm going to show you an example of how that works. Let's do it. The whole reason I got into podcasting was because of such an experience. I was in the grocery store with Kellen one day and the guy in the checkout line asked, ma'am, What's up with your son? Why is he on a walker? You know, I'm like, you know, Kellen has cerebral palsy. I mean, Kellen was five at the time. That was actually what led me to teaching Kellen. This is how you answer that question. Or when you become older and comfortable, you answer it in whichever way you choose. But when that guy asked me that question, I was open about it. And believe it or not, that young man had cerebral palsy himself. So that was the reason for him broaching the, the conversation. And Drake Box is a fine fella, and I wanted other parents to hear his story. And to hear that story, we started the podcast. I mean, you never know what happens. You know what I mean? (laughs) Just a simple question is the reason why we are talking to each other today. I mean, it's just life. Well, and stories... You know, the right story at the right time can certainly change lives. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. And the young man you're speaking about, Drake, he was your guest on that first episode, right? Yeah, Drake was on that first show. And actually, all of this RaisingKellen.org started off really being a blog. I mean, I had no intentions of doing a podcast. I wanted to actually write a blog. And Drake is a very strong communicator. And I'm like, a blog is not going to do you justice, son. Parents need to hear you. And that that's that's what led to, yeah, that's what led to the podcast. In that first episode, after I finished blubbering and, and wiping wiping the tears from my eyes, the interview with Drake kicks in. And his story is equally fascinating. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he was adopted from the Ukraine. Is that right? That's absolutely correct. And he moved to somewhere in the southern United States as evidenced by his accent. He had a, a thick southern drawl, but he was born in Ukraine, adopted by American parents who live somewhere in the South. And you're absolutely right that the way he tells his story, the way he communicates and talks about his his mother in a very 
sweet and endearing way. It's it's that the whole first episode is just a, a big one tear jerk after another. And I mean that in the most positive way. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, I, my, thank you, Aaron. That's certainly my pleasure. So let's turn our eyes to the future here. You got a seven-year-old on your hands who's, who's, you've opened his eyes up to travel. His, you know, his appetite has been whetted for travel. What's next? I may have mentioned that this summer we're heading off to London. So I'm really, I'm looking forward to that. I would love to talk to other parents raising kids with special needs in those countries that we, we visit. I would love to, to meet up with them and exchange experiences and just see what it is like living in those countries faced with this particular challenge. As far as Kellen is concerned, that boy likes to go. So there's no telling. I mean, I'm starting him off. Where he decides to go with this is totally up to him because he's very capable of making that decision. So how do we get Kellen on the podcast? Do I have to contact his agent? How does that work? You're not going to believe how crazy this is, right? So he knows my whole intro. (laughs) I'm sitting here at my kitchen table and my seven-year-old takes my microphone and he does my whole intro. And I'm like, I, I said, Kellen, that is so good. I mean, look, you're going to have your, your your own podcast one day or take over from mommy and talk to your buds. So did he do it with the same in- inflections and in, in your, in your, your rhythm? So Kellen's speech, uh, and, and this is typically a symptom of cerebral palsy He's intelligible, but may not be as easy to understand all of the time. But this is something we're working on. I just have to do a quick sidestep right here. Do it. So Kellen was going like for ages to a speech therapist who we love dearly. The big thing which she wanted to do to increase his airway capacity was like blow bubbles and and that would give him a a bigger voice. Mm -hmm. But do you know what the best thing ever is that I found for Kellen? It was Alexia because Kellen had to pump up that volume to get Alexia to turn the music on. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Necessity (laughs) is the mother of invention, Marsh. We know this. Blowing into a tube, boring. Getting Alexa to play your favorite song, absolutely critical. Oh my word. So I'm like, I'm like, oh my, Kellen. So... You know what? Right now, I, I'm sure he he's going to be doing something audio or something tech computer wise. I'm sure of it. We're going to set absolutely no limitation on him. We're giving him the tools that he needs, and then he will need to take it and go wherever he wants to. That's any parent. Yep. That's that's just any parent. It, it is, and I think there's a, a seven, maybe a seven year old boy thing involved in him reciting your podcast intro because, and I've, I've told this story before on the show, my son did the exact same thing about six months ago. He was in here in my studio with me. He said, dad, can I talk on the mic? I said, sure. And he did my outro and he did it so well. I was recording. I used the outro that he recorded for the episode that I was working on that week. It was the earth family travel episode with Peter Scott, where he did the whole outro. I said, you know what? That was perfect. I don't need to do this this, I'm just going to use yours. <laughs> I love that. I love that, Aaron. Our kids are listening and watching us all the time, whether we think they are or not. And they're kind of quietly mocking us, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
So Marsh, here at the Family Travel Association, we've really been promoting over the last couple of months now our Take Family Time advocacy campaign, and we're asking families far and wide to take the pledge to take family time. And I understand that you have taken the pledge, your family, Kellen has taken the pledge. Tell me about that commitment to family travel. Well, guys, we are heading off to London this summer, and I cannot wait. We are going to take that pledge to travel at least once, if not twice a year, and I just can't wait. Well, Marsh, be sure to tag your your social media photos when you're out there traveling. Be sure to tag those hashtag take family time and folks out there who are following that hashtag, which I know everyone in the family travel radio audience is following that hashtag. We'll be able to see those photos of you and Kellen and your family out there exploring. Marsh and I do. It's been such a pleasure having you today on Family Travel Radio, talking about your family and talking about raising Kellen. And I would love for our Family Travel Radio listeners to follow along with Marsh and Kellen. And you can do that at raisingkellen.org. That's raising, K-E-L-L-A-N.org. And you can also follow along on social media. And I'm going to put the links to those social media handles in the show notes at familytravel.org slash radio or in the episode description on whatever podcast app you're listening to us on today. Marsh and I do. It has been such a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time. All the best and happy travels. Aaron, thank you so much for having me on. My last little word here that I often end my podcast off with is, guys, always get to the top of your mountain. And I would thank you for letting me say that. Absolutely. We're going to get to the top of the mountain and we're going to salute to you when we do. All right, sir. Thank you so much. Bye-bye now. You know that there's more to life than your work, but do your kids know? Last year, 55% of American parents didn't use all their vacation days. Taking time off to travel lets you show your kids different sides of the world and different sides of yourself, like the side that does things like this. Family travel is easier and more affordable than you might think. You brought them into this world, now show it to them. Discover the possibilities at familytravel.org. Hey, it's Aaron Schlein. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Family Travel Radio. All the notes for this episode and for every episode of the podcast are available at familytravel.org slash radio. All right, my friend, until we meet again, this is Aaron Schlein for Family Travel Radio, and I am signing off. 